Hello and welcome to the Inner Bitch, Inner Truth podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jakiri. I'm a naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, Reiki master, but ultimately an intuitive coach that focuses on the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of health. I help women gain the confidence to use their voice and honor themselves via the Inner Truth Quantum Healing Method. I'm super passionate about bringing the big spiritual teachings and lessons down to earth in our everyday lives. And this is the journey that I've gone on myself the past seven years and have also been helping other women go through this as well. And this podcast is a place where I share what those insights are and what my downloads are so that it can help you in your life. Because if there's one big overarching thing that I have learned, it's that all that you need to heal is the present moment if you're awake and paying attention. So I hope that from this podcast you gain clarity, some understanding, and maybe even some emotional healing around some of the things that you are going through. And one last very important thing before we get to the episode. No matter how terrible you feel about how you have been in the past or how you have been even earlier today, no matter how bad you feel about yourself, I want you to know that you are still worthy of love and that the more that you can lean into loving those parts of yourself that you don't like to see, the more that you can do that, the more love and healing and closer you get to your own inner truth. After all, this is the Inner Bitch Inner Truth Podcast. Befriend your inner bitch to reach your inner truth. All right, now let's take a breath together. And relax your jaw. Relax the muscles around your eyes. Relax your forehead. Relax your ears. Feel your shoulders drop down and your arms hang heavy. And let your belly out and feel your energy sink into this space and know that you can come back here and do this for yourself at any point in time all right let's get to the episode Today I have with me Dr. Monzi Vera. She is a naturopathic doctor that focuses on the mind-body connection and also neuromuscular chronic illness. And so she has a personal story that I think is going to benefit a lot of you. And um, I'm just, I love talking with her. She's such a light and I know that you're going to love this conversation as much as I'm so excited and going to love it as well. Um, So I met her on the Your Healthy Mind Summit with Dr. Kirsten DeWitt. And just from her story, that's what I want. That's what I want to talk about first is what is your story? How did you get to where you are right now? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, uh, Sarah. This is wonderful. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you too. Um, It was so nice connecting with you. And I am really looking forward to this conversation many more. So um, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about my story. My story starts, I guess, when I was born, because ever since I can remember, I've had health issues, but I'll go into one of the more recent um, uh, incidences that kind of has led me to a 
discovering a new path. Let's let's put it that way. So um, January of 2020, we were on a spiritual pilgrimage in India. And, um, you know, we had we had done the whole it was like 4000 feet elevation we had gone I, I already had some pain um, after a car accident um, going on and some, you know, something was off, but I still did it I still really wanted to go on the trip with all of my spiritual friends and, and all of those things. Um, so we did, we came back down and about two days later. Um, my whole body started what I call um, going into like a rigor mortis type of situation. And I know it's a medical term and that's not what happened, but it was, it almost felt like that my whole body became like a hard rock um, and it was slowly happening. So I could like feel each part of my body kind of really stiffening up and becoming like a rock. And I was like, this is the end I'm, I'm dying. And, you know, if I had waited any longer before I was taken to the ER, I probably would not have made it. Um, you know, every doctor I've encountered has said that um, I got really lucky and they did testing. And finally, they found out that my potassium was like fatally low. Um, and that's what was causing, you know, all that muscle stiffness. Like I was fully paralytic by that point. Couldn't even like hold um, a spoon or anything in my hand to like eat or, you know, nothing. And it was really traumatic, really scary. And um, the odd thing is I made a relatively normal recovery after that. My muscles got better um, and I was able to, you know, regain the strength and walk around until it happened again and again and again. So I kept getting these, um, what they call our paralytic attacks and no one could figure out what was going on. I came back to the States um, after about three months and like, of course, all this while COVID is happening around the world and in, in a different sense than my physical body, the whole world was almost paralyzed too. We were stuck in our homes. Um, not able to do anything, not knowing what is going on. And that's literally how I felt within my own body. So it was like the world was going through its own pandemic. And so was I. And um, it was really hard to even get to doctors at that time because the hospitals were full with COVID patients. Um, but I was hospitalized after a really bad attack again here in the US. And they did every test possible, I feel. And nothing came up. Um, so it was a bizarre picture. You know, in the beginning, the doctors didn't know if it was a really bad case of MS um, or a really rare case of MS. Um, but it turned out that it was, it's, it's none of that. Um, eventually, we did some further genetic testing, and it turns out to be a super, super rare genetic condition called hypokalemic periodic paralysis. And as the name suggests, um, that's exactly what happens um, periodically, I go into either full body or half body paralysis. And there's various triggers for that. Um, managing it is extremely hard, but that's the path that I'm on. And all of this started um, soon after I graduated from medical school, when I was ready to like start my practice, start, you know, I was, I was actually in a residency with a doctor in Connecticut, and I had to kind of re-navigate, start my own path, um, really my life, like everyone's during the pandemic, my life had turned around like 180 degrees and here I am. 
Thank you so much for sharing that story. That's, I, I can't even imagine like what that experience had to have been like for you. Um, you know, I, I've worked with clients that have a chronic illness and they're so frustrated with their body and they're like, why can't my body just work? And so I've, I've helped them with, you know, with emotional healing and mental, but it's like, no matter how much I do it, like that is just, it has to be so frustrating. Oh, it absolutely is. It, it really is frustrating because first of all, when you have rare conditions, there is not even like traditional or conventional treatment out there that's known to work. Um, and, you know, both of us are in that, that mind body sphere that like naturopathic less is more approach type of people. And when you don't know where to almost begin, I think that's when it becomes super frustrating. And then of course, um, in the past year after the, those diagnoses, I've had two more other pretty rare diagnoses. So kind of dealing with a lot of unknowns, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of statistics that are out there so far that don't have a good prognosis. It's scary. It's frustrating. And like you said, um, we want to help people heal holistically. And I think that's something I've, I've actually taken for myself too. And I feel like that's really been one of my, I guess, saving, saving guards or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So have you done, um, you know, approached it naturopathically with like the determinants of health and clearing the obstacles to cure? What, what have you done for yourself? I feel like everything under the sun, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, I mean, I feel like naturopathically, yes. Um, we, we kind of, after understanding some of the triggers, like really being mindful of the triggers and um, changing diet, which is already restricted with my food allergies, but um, really, really honing in on those triggers and trying to find ways to boost my energy um, and finding supplements that, you know, are not necessarily known or studied in the conventional world, but um, do we know have implications for like nerve support or muscle support. So things like that, nothing's been like a curative, of course, but um, just to manage or sometimes get through really tough days, that's been helpful. And then I've never personally like done this for long term, I've learned Reiki, I'm a Reiki master, but I've never really um, practiced it on myself or others before. And I know right now I'm not in the position to do it for myself. So I actually have um, been do getting healings done, um, pranic healing, Reiki, um, other other things as well. And I think, you know, I think that's really, really um, got me to a place of like almost impossible, uh, impossible type of recovery or getting better, like improvements. Um, and I think it really is divine intervention in some way or magic or however <laughs> we want to phrase it because you know, I'm constantly told from the allopathic side of things, at least that things will only get worse. Um, as you age, things will only get worse, you will be confined to a wheelchair, you won't be able to walk, I'm a dancer, and not having been able to dance for two years, almost, it's like, my whole world is shattered. That's how I feel. And, um, you know, having this healing done and it's not an easy process at all. I know Sarah, you, you know, more than me, probably it's emotionally almost 
the worst experience because when you're healing, you are healing mind, body, spirit. And so a lot of things come up other than the physical and going through that whole emotional journey as well has been really tough. Um, but I'm, I'm in it and I'm, I'm going to hang on to it because I do have hope that, you know, something will work. I really do have that hope. Yeah. So when you say that it's impossible, like, I think that's the the language you use was like impossible healing. What do you mean by that? What has that type of healing given you? Just that like inner, um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a very, like, I'm not intuitive in, in a sense, but sometimes I feel like I just know, you know, when you just know you have that gut feeling. And I think that's been rekindled. Um, that like, maybe I'll be able to fight back. I've had so many illnesses in the past. Um, very, uh, sometimes it was like, I didn't know if I was going to live at that point either. And, and I've always had that fire to like fight through it and get over it. And, and when this whole thing happened since COVID, I, I think I lost my fire and fuel to just fight. I'm like, I'm done. I am, I'm ready to just just move on with whatever is next for me and, and seeing like, okay, that doesn't even seem like that's a possibility. Then I'm like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And I think doing the healings has brought that fire back of like, no, I can fight it. It probably won't get any easier or better, but I can do it. Um, And I think that's like that, like fighting that impossible um, type of disease or illness or whatever we can call it. Yeah. So if you, if you don't want to answer anything, just, just say like pass or something, but I'm really curious what, like when you were in that, cause that sounds like despair to me is like, I don't want to keep going. What was it that shifted for you where you were like, okay, I need to try something else. And then that's when you went and got these healings done. Like, like what was that shift? Um, I, I think it was okay. So oddly enough, I think it was how people were perceiving my illness and how frustrated I got with that and them judging me that I'm like, you know what, I need to turn to something that like, they like these people will understand that it's I'm not just like it's not in my head it's not anxiety and even if it is anxiety there's nothing wrong with anxiety but I think I just come from a culture that like denounces any type of like anxiety or mental illness or whatever and them categorizing what I have into something that's like not severe or not, you know, nothing that I'm going through. It was, it was, I think that was like my turning point where where I'm like, okay, I need to try something and I need to get better because like me being in this position and then having to hear what people say is making things worse. And I'm kind of, I'm not going to let that happen anymore. And I'm still working through this. It's like a constant battle. I feel like, you know, whenever I talk with family, um, family back home in India or wherever, it's, it's really hard because I don't think they understand the severity of this disease and how like it's an actual condition. And because, you know, I'm, 
when I talk to people, um, I don't think I show my illness. I, I don't like showing my illness and I don't like looking weak or appearing weak. So to other people, it's almost like, well, she looks fine. I don't think she has anything. But when I, you know, this was like, what I, when I was saying before too, this was the first time I felt like I don't have that fuel to fight anymore. This is it. I, I was, I'm like, I have two choices. Either I get better or things will only get worse from here on. And I just let it be. Um, so I took the first option <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. That's wow. Um, I'm just thinking of the listeners right now. And if they are dealing with something, some sort of mental illness or uh, an invisible chronic disease where like people don't get it, what would you say to them if they are, if they're feeling alone right now and they feel how you felt? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's hard um, to, to make someone feel better in the moment. And I've learned that um, because no matter how much we try to say, oh, you'll get through it or you'll go like get over it. When you're in it, it is is really tough. And I guess what I want to say to them, find one small ray of hope somehow, somewhere, you know, whether it's someone giving you that hope or you're finding that hope within yourself that things can get better. And keeping that possibility close to you at heart um, because no one else will fight this battle other than you. You're going to fight it alone. I'm like, you know, we're all mediators. Doctors are mediators, healers are mediators, but we have to go through it ourselves and, and know that when you ask the universe, like for help, you will get the help, but you will be tested several times before you get that help to, to the universe has to know that you are ready to, for that change or whatever it is, you are ready to overcome it. Because sometimes, you know, we're so used to being with our illness, whatever it is, mental illness, chronic illness, that it's like, we can't see a reality that's different than that. And I think that's something that I have, um, that I had a hard time working with my healer too. Even now, sometimes I'm like, but I just don't feel good. like I can't walk. I can't take those two steps. And, and he would be like, no, you, you're imagining yourself dancing in this moment right now. And, and to like reconcile that, that reality versus like that image of reality that you want to see. It's, it's not easy to do that, but um, doing that really helped me through those tough days where I'm like, I don't know if I can get through and keeping, keeping that hope that like things can get better. Um, I think really tells the universe that like you're ready. Um, so that conviction almost that like, Hey, I, I believe I will get better and whatever it takes, I'm ready for it. Um, so taking the help that you get, taking any advice that you might be getting, um, cause you will get clues and you'll get signs, but it's easy to miss them and being ready to be tested again and again and again, because as soon as I said I was ready, I was tested, <laughs> um, again and again and again. And it's like, you almost have to pass each test and then the universe will be like, okay, I'm helping you. Um, and that's how I feel. Um, everyone's journeys I'm sure is going to be very different. Yeah. So I have a couple questions about that. Um, 
the first one, when you say that there's, that you were really tested in that you have to really have that conviction and that there are signs that, um, we're kind of guiding you all along. Do you mind sharing some of yours? Like, yeah. Um, so like, so yeah, I guess I will have to give a little bit more detail about the illness. So, um, with, with my illness, especially like when I first started getting these attacks, like these paralytic attacks, I would be out for a few days at a time and my muscles started to not recover, um, to the normal level. So my muscles actually started getting weaker and weaker. So I would lose my balance. I would fall when I, like, when I am ready to start walking again, I couldn't. And I have, um, enormous amount of pain all the time. Um, pain that we can't figure out if it's from this illness, from another illness, likely this other diagnosis that I now have, but it's just so much pain that it's like, I can't even, I don't want to do anything because I'm in so much pain. So like I did physical therapy for a bit and, you know, I'm a dancer and seeing myself, like not even take, um, a step or two and like move my muscles here, like up and down, or like, it was like, I'm a different person. Um, and that was scary in itself. And then for me, after I started doing the healings, in addition to the physical therapy, um, you know, saying that I am ready for change, I am ready for uh, to heal to get better. I would be put into situations where I <laughs> feel like the exercises that the PT made me do, or, you know, it was just so painful. And I wanted to give up. And initially I did, I would be like, I'm done. I'm not coming back. I can't do this. Cause pain is just, a. I never experienced pain at this level before. And it was, it was really tough, but I feel like those were the breakthrough moments of like the universe saying like, I'm going to test you. Are you going to keep going? Or are you going to keep, are you just going to give up again and again and like, let it go. And to fight through those moments, that's like one example of being tested. And then emotionally, I feel like I was tested too every time, you know, it's, it's so much easier for people to give a judgment or pass a comment about like what, what's happening to you, especially if they haven't seen you. Um, and if you sound fine, um, things like that. And I feel like those were also moments where I had to show compassion towards other people instead of getting upset and, you know, feeling badly about myself, um, it was embracing compassion, like, oh, hopefully they never have to go through something like this for them to understand. And, um, you know, really, really showing like that positivity of, of any situation, um, no matter how people react towards you. Um, I think those were all tests um, that, that did, like, now I can see that kind of passing them, quote unquote, passing them has helped me um, improve in my like ability to walk and do normal things on more days than not. So, and that wasn't a case for me. Um, last year, this time of year, I guess I was more mostly bedridden. I couldn't even get out of bed. Um, so it's definitely been a long way. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm wondering what your mental talk was when your body wasn't working the way that you wanted it to, like, were you getting frustrated with yourself? And then would you, would you spiral 
down, you know, to the depths of that despair feeling. Um, and just kind of like what that journey was like for you, like the mental talk journey. I think there was a lot of despair. Um, and I think it didn't help that we were already in isolation because of COVID. Um, so I think that was like a double, I guess, double whammy at that time, because I like, I'm, I'm a people person. Like I, I love to just engage in, in conversations. And I think that often boosts my, like, you know, it's just, it's just helpful to me and I don't need anything else really to feel better, but just like having good company. And I think, so that was one factor for sure. And then, yeah, I, I am really surprised at how much negative self-talk I've been indulging in since all of this happened, um, since January of like that incident, because I'm a really positive person, but I think this just broke me. So a lot of my mental talk was like, like things like why can't you just work or like why can't things just be okay already um i'm so frustrated i'm tired i don't i'm ready to give up and that was a lot of times i've caught myself saying those types of things um and then i have luckily i have a pretty strong spiritual practice so like when i'm not doing that negative thinking, I often would help have that spiritual, that positivity, that like spiritual um, science to help me kind of bring me back into place. And of course, meditating and things like that. But yeah, I, I'm still in shock of how hard it was to get myself out of that. And I still go through phases of that. I'm, I'm not fully there yet. But it's again, it's a process. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, Cause I think that's the most common thing that I've heard with the chronic illness is that people are just like, they're in their mind so much that they're, and they're just like tearing their bodies apart with their mind, you know, like being so frustrated with it, which like, I can imagine that it feels so frustrating, but getting out of that like spiral, um, I'm sure that that has a pretty huge role on the way that you feel overall, So when you, when you break away from that and when you get back to your spiritual principles and you really, I'm assuming what you mean by that is like, give, give your life and give yourself up to God in whatever, you know, way that you see God, um, and trust that there, there is a reason for this. Is that what you mean? Absolutely. There is a reason for this. It's meant to be, it's somewhere it's teaching a lesson that's greater. It's all greater than me and kind of realizing that what's happening is not about me anymore. It's about something greater, a greater force. Um, I think that learning that was really, really important already. I don't know what that is yet, but I know I'm, I fully believe that it's, it's something that's greater than me. Um, And also I think things like I, I've never done tapping before um, but I was introduced to tapping and I, I think one of the key turning points also, I think I was telling you at one point was um, Tony Robbins as well doing his program and just really having like almost like a switch, like on and off switch turn off that like that type of thinking and really put a positive spin onto whatever is happening. Um, I think that those were all really, really helpful too, um, to kind of get out of that spiral, like you said, and, and really re navigate 
my life right now. Yeah. I have another question about uh, your original story. You talked about how your healer helped you envision yourself dancing. What did that do for you? It honestly brought a smile back that I don't think I've had in a really, really long time. I didn't like, I didn't realize how much a part of me and like maybe even just like my being dance is. And I, it's like, it had become like my meditation, my, my way of expressing um, my emotions, everything. And so to lose that part of me, I think was, it's like, I lost my identity. I lost myself. And when I saw myself envisioning myself dancing, I'm like, wow, this is so powerful. And if I can get back dance, like I think I can get back my life. And I know that sounds probably very cheesy, but for me, like, I don't know, I don't even know why. Um, But dance had become such a big part of my life. I'm almost like getting tearful. I'm like, that's just so beautiful. And I'm feeling very emotional right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just, I feel like I just want to tell you right now, like, keep going and keep, you know, keep going for that because, you know, like that essence is just, it's, it's just so beautiful. And okay. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm just like, wow. Um, I appreciate you so much for, for sharing your story. Um, I have more questions and there's some things I want to talk to about more, but just need just a minute. I think (laughs) I'm sorry. Is this okay? This this actually leads into a good question. Like, you know, there's there's those people in your life that don't really get it and don't really see how sick you are. But then, are there people like, you know, how I'm being right now, where like I'm emotional for you, and it's like I want to help you, you know, in any way that I can, but like I can't. And you know, like, what is that like? It's. I feel like I will start crying if I start talking about it, just because okay. I didn't, like experience that I just like, I think it's like, I don't know, I just am getting so much love from you that I, I think I've missed out on that, like being sick my whole life. And then this was I feel like, if anything else happens after this, I feel like I don't know if I can actually like, it's been nonstop one after another. And I think probably, you know, people who don't um, stay with me or know me, like they would only hear me like, oh, it's something else. Like you're going through something else again. Like it's another health thing. It's like, okay, okay. But like to go through that and to have that lack of, it's not even sympathy or empathy. It's just like being able to talk about myself without having to be feared of like judgment or, or like that, it's like my fault that I'm going through it. But I almost, when I talk to other people and I'm a very like vibrationally sensitive person, I, I get that so much. Um, or how like, you know, in this time period, I, I felt really lonely, like super, super lonely because I, I haven't been able to share my story with everyone. And if I have, it's like, I don't know if people like 
you know, they felt weird around me, like, because I'm half handicapped, um, like I have to use a stick, for example, to ambulate. Um, and things are getting better for sure. But I just felt so lonely. And I still do feel really lonely. So you, right now, like how you're showing your love, like, I'm almost overwhelmed, because I don't think in this whole time, I've received that. And I think I needed that. <laughs> it's like, something that I mean, I don't know, I'm just so, so thankful for you. Because when we have been able to talk before too, it's just that level of love that's like genuine, it's energy, it's like we we share energy, we give energy and getting that energy that I think I needed, like I don't, it's been very, very few people I've, I've been able to get that from. And I, and I, that sounds selfish, but I, I feel like I really needed it and, and need it to continue on this path. So thank you for that. And I don't know if I answered your question at all, but <laughs> that was. Well, yeah. you're, you're very welcome. And, you know, anytime you want to talk or need to talk, let me know. Cause I'm here. Um, wow. I'm just like so emotional. I don't even know what's going on. Um, I really hope that you find more of more of that, more love because yeah. you deserve it. You're so worthy of it. So, yeah. So you bring up a good point though. So that negative self-talk really, really made me feel like worthless. And I've had like, since childhood, I've almost had those, like, that issue of like, not feeling worthy and not feeling, you know, like, deserving of things. Um, maybe because of how I grew up and, you know, the interactions that had been happening around me. But I think that's really, really important to address, um, like to all the listeners out there too, because I know, I know that it's a very common theme when you're going through something chronic or something so, so substantial, um, feeling like you're not worthy of getting better or deserving of a fulfilling life or love, um, it's something that I'm really working through, but I'm realizing that's a big problem for my own. It's an impediment in, for our own healing too. So um, yeah. 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 I think that that's something that so many of us do deal with, even if we're not going through chronic illness is that like, I just feel like it's one of even like the most core basic wounds that we have as humans, like in human society. And yeah. And just, um, you know, I think the way that I've worked through it in the, in the past, and like, I still have my moments too. Like I am not over here claiming to be like perfectly all in my worthiness, like not at all. Um, but the way that I've worked through it for myself is just really taking moments of like sitting with myself and literally telling myself, Sarah, you're doing such a great job. Like I literally, myself chatter is like that. And, you know, my body really, um, I've had, I've had like my own struggles, you know, um, and 
I think just the more that I consciously tap in throughout the day, like with my adult tea stuff, like multiple times a day, like adding in there, you know, talking to yourself and just telling yourself how great of a job you're doing. It might seem so simple and it takes, you know, five seconds to just say that in your mind to yourself. Like you don't, you don't even have to say it out loud and you don't have to say it in front of a mirror or anything, but just taking that moment to just acknowledge yourself I think that it exponentially impacts you and it, it really changes your energy too. Oh my God. That is so beautiful. I love that. I really love that. And I will see, this is why we're talking. Um, thank you. Yeah. We, I will definitely start incorporating that, but um, yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. I would love to know how um, like how that goes and how it also affects the people around you too. Um, I've had this experience with myself where like the more that I show up and be the person I want everyone else to be like, it's kind of like magic where sometimes people just start acting differently. And it's not like an all the time thing, or it doesn't mean that anything's wrong. If people aren't treating you well, like that's not true at all, but I have noticed there's this like shift that happens when you shift within yourself that the people around you like respond to you differently as well. Yeah. I've, I've totally experienced that too. Um, and you're right. It is almost like magic. And it's that, that inner, it's like that inner chatter, depending on what that inner chatter is, people will, because we're always emitting vibrations. um, And so are other people. So when we're emitting a certain type, it's almost like, of course, we're going to get a different type of reaction, where unless like, you know, whereas if we're more positive, we're going to get, we're going to get receptiveness, I feel towards that too. So yeah, totally, totally agree with that. You had mentioned when we talked previously about a safe squad. Do you want to talk about a safe squad? Sure. Yeah. I guess I termed um, this word called safe squad. um, And I hashtag it when I talk about it because, um, you know, finding people that can at least listen to you without that judgment and you feel safe to talk about what you're going through and you might even only discuss yourself for like a minute or two, but having that someone or people around you, I think is so, so important. And, you know, I'm, I'm a type of person where I feel like sometimes I need to talk about things or I I've resorted to just journaling when I can, when my hand is not hurting or my fingers are not hurting. Um, but I, cause I think writing for me is, has always been super powerful, but finding a couple of people that I can vent almost to, and then be like, all right, I'm good. Um, is, is really important because not only are they not judgmental in the moment, but they will, it's kind of like what we just talked about with the vibrations. They will be able to respond in a way that you will actually feel better um, whether it's like mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, but it's, it's almost like you need some, someone or some people in your safe squad. Um, and I think that level of just non-judgmental, like absolute love, pure love, um, those are the traits and qualities I think that the safe squad should have. Um, yeah, so that's just a term. I love it. It's so great. 
Um, okay. So this, this last thing that I want to talk to you about, we had connected on and you helped me really realize a lot about myself. And so I just wanted to share with the listeners. So we were talking about, um, my eating disorder. So I'm in recovery for an eating disorder right now. And I had the belief that like, that was always going to be my, my reflex. Like when shit's hitting the fan in my life, that's just something that's out of my control. That just happens. I lose my appetite and I can't eat. And like, to the point where something will be put in front of me, or I'm trying to get myself to eat. And I just start bawling my eyes out because I can't eat it. And then if I force myself to eat it, I'll throw up like it. it, And that's just kind of what I believed to be, um, my reflex. Like that's, it's just, it's literally like, you know, when you tap a tendon on your knee and like your leg goes up without you trying to like, it's a reflex like that, because it's all the way down, like in the reptilian brain. And I loved what you had to say about that. And, um, you know, just that it, um, that it, 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 that's a belief system and that, um, you know, the root of it is the self-punishment. So you said the two, the two things I have to do to really heal the root of the self-punishment was one, uh, realize the big picture, realize that if it's happening, then it, it must be meant to be happening. Like there's a reason why. Um, and so asking like, how did, how did I get here? And also that it's no one's fault. Like, it's not my fault that that's, um, you know, what, what my body goes through. And I thought it was so awesome. I'm just going to quote you because I literally put this down and I was like, you have to quote the shit out of this because it's so good. Um, But you're like, it's no one's fault, but it will be if you continue to blame and have negative thinking. And I just thought that that was so awesome. Um, So the two things that need to happen is um, like big picture, realize, understand it's not your fault. Um, And then you have to keep reevaluating and continue to surrender. So, yeah, I mean, if you just want to kind of elaborate more on on all of that and just your thoughts. Yeah, because I, I genuinely feel that it is a belief system and we can break belief systems. Um, I, we connected on this point because I also um, had gone through an eating disorder in high school and it's not something I talk so much about, um, but it's, you know, I think, I think I came to this realization because of like the receptionist and what she said to me um, that time. And she was she was Indian. And, you know, at that, at least in those days, I feel like in our culture, people just didn't have eating disorders. Or if they did, it was very well masked and did not get help or support for it. So I remember her saying, you're going to come back again and again and again, because that's what, you know, that's what happens with, with these people. And I'm like, what people? And why is she saying something like that to me? And, and I kind of took it to heart and I'm, and I was like, watch me not come back. Um, And, and it wasn't about, you know, I think we, we both share that, that point of like, we kind of were doing, or we're kind of going through this phase of disordered eating as a self, a form of self-punishment. And I think that's one thing. And unfortunately that was my 
thing too. I, it was just almost like a form of self punishment. And that's why I, I did that. But it is still a belief system that if we are able to see beyond what's happening in the moment almost and, and surrender to the universe, like, Hey, like I'm, I'm here. And I understand that there was a reason why this, this had to happen, but that doesn't mean we have to fall back into that track again and again. Like it's, it's that belief system that we have created ourselves, And so we have that capacity to dissolve it ourselves too, if we don't blame others or ourselves in the process. So like, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Before too, it becomes, it becomes like, it's, it is someone's fault if you start blaming yourself. So you do have to keep that separation from yourself that like it happened to this body or it was meant to happen to this physical being, but I'm not that. And I am so much bigger than that. And the universe has a role to play in things that are bigger than ourselves. And that's almost how, you know, how I see of even my own illness currently, but how I almost had been able to put like make peace with that that phase of my life as well. Yeah. I love how you put that. Thank you so much. Um, okay. So before I ask you this last question, where can people find you? Um, so I am pretty active on Instagram. Um, dr. Um, dot Monsivira is my handle and, um, you can email me at contact at drmonsivira.com and also my website, um, drmonsivira.com as well. Okay, cool. I'll put all of that in the show notes as well. Um, okay. So this last question is if there is one thing that you could make every single woman like truly, truly get, what would that be? So, okay. I'm going to reference my culture for this because I think some, someone had said this about me not too long ago, and I really resonated with that. Um, so in our culture, there's a lot of goddesses, um, like that goddesses that have these crazy powers. Um, and, you know, not only is everyone praying to them or worshiping them, but like they are they are the deities like they are the the woman in power and you know and i think i think as a woman we have that extra role in society to to be empathetic to be um more understanding um you know for whatever reason i think culturally at least i feel like that but Um, and when things happen to us, we often have to find ourselves like fighting alone, but we are the goddess. We have the goddess energy in us. We have that power that I don't think men can deal with, like just on a monthly basis, what we go through, forget about any other illness or any other emotional, um, situational, anything, what we go through is is so hard and so challenging but i think we we pass the test 
in a previous life to to be born as a woman because we have we can we are able to channel that goddess energy and i just want to leave that with with the listeners here that we that goddess energy no one can destroy but yourself so you have that ultimate power and and holding on to hope so deeply i think can really manifest that that power so yes i love it we need to do like a mic drop right now <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so so much uh for for that nugget of wisdom and power and strength for all of us women and also just thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story, for being vulnerable. And, um, I really just want to acknowledge the fighter spirit in you. Like you do, you have this, like, Oh, tell me I'm going to do this. I'll prove you wrong. Like, I love it. I love it so, so much. And I just can't wait to see, you know, how your life, you know, evolves and see you dance and, see you everywhere that you go. So I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe of your whole story and your mindset and your heart and how much you share and how much you care. And I'm just so thankful that we had this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And likewise, um, A to Z, what you just said right back at you, because the empathy, the care, the love that you're able to show and the connection that we made, like, I don't, it was so like, we haven't even talked that much, but I feel like we have that instant bond and instant connection. And I can't form that with everyone. So it's, it's, you're just a love and light. Uh, and just an amazing human being. So thank you for being you. Thank you so much. 